Welcome to The Secret Life of Dietitians. I'm Laura Poland. And I'm Amy Keller. So today we had a listener question from Amy, and she wanted to basically have us do a deeper dive. We've kind of talked occasionally about organic versus um, conventionally grown, and she'd like us to do a little deeper dive on it. So I thank Amy for her question and encourage you all, if you have or think of questions as you're listening to our podcast, we would love to hear from you. So today we're going to answer that question. Should you panic if it's not organic? Well, welcome back. Happy New Year. Thanks. Happy New Year. This is our first podcast of the new year. Yes. Um, We are looking forward to a wonderful 2020. Yes. As we continue to share some secrets yeah. about being a dietitian. Yeah, we have a few guest speakers in, in mind that will be coming up and very excited about this year. And as you said in the intro, we are always open to your topic suggestions. Mm-hmm. Today's topic is from a listener because this is something that I think a lot of our patients are worried about. Yeah. Is about well, the safety of their yeah. food. Yeah, a lot of just... I see it a lot in social media, too. You, you see that come across. A lot of fear right. around our food. Right. And really, if we think about it, even though we hear about an occasional recall, things like that, we still have a very safe food supply. Right. And we're yep. going to talk about some of the difference between organically, organic and conventionally grown. And we're going to focus so kind of on produce. Uh-huh. Uh, but there are even you know versions of organic meat and organic milk. Right. And I, I love this. It's so it's not organic versus inorganic. It's right. That takes you back to chemistry, doesn't that right? take you back to chemistry? I mean, that's what as a dietitian you start to think about is it's organic or it's inorganic. Right. Right. That's the other side of that coin. Right. But that's kind of not what it's become. Right. When and we talk about our food supply. Exactly. <laughs> but it's necessary to control pests. Yes. If no we, matter what you're doing. Right. If we However, don't control pests, we don't eat. You know, and there are challenges in dealing with pests, and that is a reality of farming. Whether it's a conventional farmer or an organic farmer, we must control for pests pests, or we don't eat. Right. I remember when organic foods kind of first came on the scene. Mm -hmm. I think there was a a big difference towards the ones that are out there now, or compared to the ones that are out there now, Mm -hmm. and that the... It seemed like they were smaller, they were not as healthy as the Mm -hmm. other ones, and so things have changed a little bit with organic, I think, in terms of pesticides and what they use. Right. So organic is actually a food production process, and it's very clearly defined by the USDA, and it basically means that it's reducing or eliminating the use of synthetic chemical and fertilizers and pesticides and then raising food animals without antibiotics or growth promotants. So that's technically the definition. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand that organic is meaning it's a, it's a description of how things are produced. Right. Not necessarily the final product. It's how they're produced. Right. It's just a production. It's a production uh, term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there are several levels of organic production. So, right. and this is where it gets really into the weeds for me uh-huh. because yeah. you have seen that organic seal uh-huh. on different products. And, and sometimes it's not really clear what that means, or you'll see something on a package. I see this a lot made with organic right. blueberries or made with organic flour. Right. 
So there are several levels. So there are four levels of organic production. The first one is the 100% organic, yep. and all ingredients must be organic to have that logo, that USDA logo affixed to the packaging. Right, the one that says 100%. Right. Then there is a second one just called organic, mm -hmm. which means a minimum of 95% of ingredients are organic. And then, they, again, they can use that organic logo on the packaging. Okay. So it's the same logo, um, but it... Could be ninety five. Could be ninety five, or it could be a hundred percent exactly. organic. Then the third level is made with organic ingredients. So seventy to ninety four percent of the product is organic, but you will not see the USDA logo on those particular labels. Okay. So if it's between seventy and ninety four, they can put made with organic whatever. Right. But they can't put the logo on it. Okay. And then finally is the last classification, um, ingredient panel only. So they can list organic in that list of ingredients that we see on all of our food products, but they cannot use that logo as well. So that may be where you might see, you know, on a muffin mix made with organic blueberries or made with organic almond flour or something like that. So um, it's only listed on the ingredient Right. Panel, like on the ingredient list. Right. Right. So it right. might say within there that right. there's an organic food right. in Organic there. oats or something Which like that. primarily they're going to market that and say something on the label somewhere, right. I would assume. But it does not mean that the whole product is organic. Okay. So there or it could have less than 70%. Right. That, okay, that's the other difference Less than there. 70% of organic ingredients. Okay. Got it. So there are a couple of beliefs that, and I know you hear this too, that I see around organic farming. The first one is that this and the term natural are one and the same, interchangeable. Right. And it could not be farther from the truth. We could do a whole podcast on deceptive food labeling, and we might, yeah. but yeah. natural might yeah. fall right at the top of the list because there actually is no uh, formal definition for the word natural. And they've, they've had a couple of comment periods where we can talk about what we think, you know, make suggestions to the FDA or the USDA about right. what natural should mean. But there actually is no... They've not come out with any... Right. It's a food marketing no, term. Yep. <laughs> it's like net carbs, by the way. Right. That's a food marketing right. term. There marketing is no term. definition for that. But that's what's so confusing because... It, right. If you're, I mean, even just us dietitians staying on top of that, you know, and we learn that, but people have a hard time and just understanding. Right. I, I mean, I learned. I, <laughs> I mean, I learned some things about other food marketing terms that I was not aware of. Mm -hmm. For example, processed. You know, when you say I'm, I'm cutting down on processed foods, yeah. you think of mac and cheese or rice mixes right. or microwave dinners or canned soups. Right. But did you know that cut spinach is a processed food? Right. Those. You know, mm -hmm. roasted peanuts are a processed food. Right. Even Anything the watermelon chopped up in the produce section is a, pro is a processed food according to the usda process means anything that's not in its natural state right so if the spinach didn't come off the plants like that cut up right. then it's considered processed so that we have a, di a definite um definition of right but Getting back to the natural, there is no definition on what right. natural is. So if you see something that says all natural, I can't tell you what that means. Right. And some people jump then to think that that means organic. Right. Right. And then the other term that I see that get confused is things like local. 
And believe it or not, there's no definition for local. Yeah. Does that mean within five miles? Does that mean within five counties, five states? Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell you what right. local means. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the ones that gets a little bit confusing with organic as well, is that there's you know studies that show that people who believe, you know, believe that uh, food that are labeled organic also mean that they're grown locally. Mm-hmm. And I guess it could be true if you're shopping at your local farmer's market. Sure. Where maybe something was picked in the field and then brought to the, you know, right. that and could be sense. grown locally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to the grocery store and you're buying organic strawberries in the middle of January, they're probably not being grown locally. Right, right. Of course. Right. They're probably Especially being here in Ohio. Sh- shipped out yes. from someplace right. else. Mm-hmm. Right. So organic and local have yeah. nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. Another study showed that. About 23% of people believe that foods labeled local local were also grown organically. And that's just, again, one has nothing to do with the other. Right, right. You could have conventional farmers picking their, right, picking right. their green peppers and bringing them to market, mm-hmm. you know, in July. And they could be grown conventionally and, sh- mm-hmm. and sold at your farmer's market. Yeah. Nothing to do with the other one. 40% of people in this particular study believed organically grown items were healthier we're going to get into the weeds on that. What does that mean? Uh-huh. Healthier in terms of maybe a different kind of pesticide use or maybe more nutritional content. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Well, and I think a lot of people don't even realize that the organic foods are using pesticides. Right. So we're going to get into that. Yeah. It's a different kind of pesticide. Right. And then there was another study that found that about 80% of people believe that organics are better for the environment. Mm-hmm. 76% of people in this study believe that they are healthier. And then 86%, I think this is a really fascinating statistic, 86% of people who buy organic believe organic foods taste better. And then 36% believe organic food is much better for you and the expense is worth it. And so let's talk about that. Interesting. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, And I think this is interesting about people believe that it tastes better because actually when we get into blind taste tests, that's not the case. It doesn't prove to be the case. Doesn't prove. To, I've heard that so much. I hear that from a lot of people, and I tell them, "Great, if you think this product tastes better and you can right. afford it, go for it." Right. Right. But it's so, not. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the blind taste tests just don't show That's that to be true. Very interesting. So there was a 2007 study. Let's kind of jump into that. Do okay. it taste better? Yeah. Side-by-side testing of different vegetables, both grown organically and conventionally, and there was no differences in taste or perception of quality. Interestingly, Hmm. the only exception was tomatoes, and in this particular study, the people that had the conventionally grown tomatoes thought they tasted better. Oh, the conventionally. Yes, they scored better. it. They scored it higher. Than Otherwise, the organic. it was kind of yes. just a wash in terms of right. Okay. No real differences. So many factors influence the taste of the fruits and vegetables that we eat including how they're stored, the variety, personal preferences. You know, some people like a little riper strawberry. Some people Mm -hmm. like something that's maybe not quite as ripe. Mm -hmm. But that has nothing to do necessarily with how they're grown. But I also think this is an extremely interesting statement that people think organic labels indicate that foods are lower in calories. So an organic strawberry is lower in calories that a conventional, conventional that's a belief like that halo event like that that halo of effect right right that health halo so health talk halo. a little bit about health halos that you've seen in your practice oh i mean i see it all the time a lot of people think that uh, something is healthier just because 
of the marketing or any, I mean, I've seen it in so many different cases, right. but especially with organic foods. Right. I see it with the gluten-free world a lot. Oh, of course, um, yeah. You know, a gluten-free particular product is has that health halo around it that right. must be healthier for you. Oh, well, yeah. In the yeah. general population, they're right. like all over, you know, I, I saw something recently about that, uh, thinking that the gluten-free food is gluten-free food is healthier and going right. to help you with weight loss which we have discussed in the past right and uh yeah a, a well-known sandwich chain that i always think has had a health halo for many years uh-huh. um yep. you know where you can go in and get all these healthy items mm-hmm. except you know really they still have calories in them right you know and if you overeat them anything to excess right isn't healthy correct so another myth that I hear a lot, and, and you said you've heard it as well, is that organic foods are grown without any pesticides. Right. That is not true. Right. <laughs> I cannot convince some people of that. Right. Remember what I said at the beginning. If we don't control pests, we don't have food. Right. So they have to control it some way. Right. And so... And the good news is, I mean, that's... I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah. but just the good news with that is just we are learning more and more about how to grow more food in less space and be more effective because we're utilizing some of these pest control measures. Right. And that's so important. Right. You know, uh, I read a statistic just actually the other day that said that you know, it used to take 70% of the population involved in you know, farming in some way to feed the, the population. population. And now about 2% of the population can feed the other 98% mm-hmm. because of improved methods. Right. Um, and whether you agree with that or not, that we should have big farms and things like that, we have to feed people. Right. People have to eat. People have to eat. Right. And yeah. so, you know, you have to provide some way to do more with less. Right. And and that's what some of these methods can do. I remember thinking how bleak it was uh, maybe about 10 years ago hearing about we've always said that we need the population to be consuming five or more servings of fruits and vegetables right. a day as a dietitian. That's right. our passion. That's what we know to be help, helpful, healthy. And yet I think if the whole population was eating that many fruits and vegetables, we would not be able to feed them. Right. <laughs> and right. so we start getting people to wake up. We need, the demand is going to be higher. Right. We need to figure this out. Right. So we hear that, you know, that organic foods, are they grown with any pesticides? And they actually are. And I think when people buy organic, they make the assumption there's absolutely no pesticides used. And that is nothing could be further from the truth. Right. While organic pesticides are derived from like natural sources and processed minimally before use, there is no way that they can grow organic produce without using something to control pests. Interestingly, there are actually synthetic pesticides that are approved for use in organic farming. We'll put a link in the show notes. The USDA keeps a list on their website of all of the pesticides that are approved for use in organic farming. And that list is updated frequently, you know, but it's, it's interesting that when you look at this list, you say, oh, that's approved for use. Mm -hmm. That's approved for use. Yeah. Yeah, It's not zero pesticides. That is just not, and they do some other things to help improve yields, like more frequent tilling and those types of things, which we'll talk about when we talk about the Mm -hmm. environmental impact of organic foods. 
But yeah, there is you know, no way that they can grow without some type of pest control. And there really is no difference between an organic and a man-made pesticide, right? In some, t- in some cases, there is no detectable difference. A couple of examples um, okay. that I found, one was called methyl bromide. It mm-hmm. can be found in nature and it can be made in a lab. Okay. Uh, and both conventional or, and organic farmers use it on things like strawberries. Okay. The other one is um, Bacillus thurginus, which is a very commonly used pesticide. Again, the man-made and the natural versions are not really any different. Right. I mean, to me, that comes back to vitamin C. Right. Vitamin C in nature versus vitamin C in a, you know, made in a lab is the same chemical. Right. There's no difference. Right. Yeah. The other thing I hear about is that organic farmers use less and safer pesticides. And again, that is kind of a misnomer. Organic pesticides may not be as effective as some of the man-made pesticides. So sometimes more organic pesticides must be used to get the same effect. Okay. You know, and this, while you say, well, what's the big deal if they have to use a little bit more because it's safe? You know, the example I give is copper, which is sometimes used as a natural fungicide. Mm -hmm. In large amounts, it's not great for the soil. (laughs) It's not great for the worms. (laughs) Um, So things that are important. Mm -hmm. And then there was one called Rotin One, which is an organic pesticide that was just recently removed from the approved list. Um, high exposures to that particular pesticide were leaked, leaked to, linked to Parkinson's disease-like symptoms in humans and in rats. Okay. That was removed from the market in around um, in the early 2000s. It, re- re- it returned to the safe list for many years. Hmm. And then just back in 2018 or 2019, they removed they it from the safe again. list. Huh. So again, if you're curious about what might be on your organic produce, I encourage you to go ahead and look at the USDA's approved list, Mm -hmm. and you'll be surprised how long it is. (laughs) Um, There are several things that are approved. The other thing I hear a lot, and I don't know if you hear about this as well, organic food is safer from foodborne illness. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Well, not the the case. (laughs) You know, organic food is actually more likely to be recalled. Mm Mm-hmm. The conventional yeah. counterparts, this could be due to the use of manure as a right. primary fertilizer. Hmm. Interestingly, there was another study talking about organic grains in the UK being more susceptible to toxins from some hmm. fungus that grew on them. Um, and then finally, in 2016, the CDC did a study that found 18 outbreaks of foodborne illness directly linked to organic food. Hmm. And that was linked to 800 illnesses, 250 hospitalizations, and three deaths. Right. So here's the bottom line. Wash your organic right. produce. It doesn't matter whether it's organic or conventional. Right. We Wash your careful. produce. It does right. not matter. If yeah. you buy organic meat, cook it. Right. 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 So that's the bottom line. It doesn't, you know, just like with conventional Right. You need to wash things that There's are organic. That safety halo, maybe with the organic. That they're that's thinking, a great way to put it. Yeah, that they're thinking, well, okay, I'm probably safe because it's organic, so I don't need to wash it. And right, you can yeah. eat those strawberries right off the off the vine. Right, as as lovely and kind of you know, uh, you know, sort of um, you know, wonderful as that sounds. Yeah, <laughs> it's not really a safe practice. Yep. And then the other thing I hear is that pesticide levels on conventionally grown produce are just dangerously high right and that's what i feel like that's where a lot of people come to me and it's that's the a huge misconception is they think organic and then they think oh but on the conventional you've got all these 
pesticides and they're just slathered in them and yeah oh yeah right and I I guess I encourage people to think about it this way anything in large amounts is toxic right water Water in large amounts is deadly is not good right exactly (laughs) you know we all remember unfortunately people that were drinking themselves into hyponatremia a few years ago because they were drinking too much water at one time that's a real thing yeah you know when people Mm -hmm. consume consume too many fluids so both organic and conventional produce have pesticide residue. So that's what's left on the product right. far behind, below any level that could be dangerous to us. Mm-hmm. And we will put a link in our show, news, show notes called safefruitsandveggies.com, which is one of my favorite websites mm-hmm. to visit when I talk about people worried about the levels of pesticides on conventional produce. And so the website's cool because you can go in and you can put whether you're a man, woman, or a child, mm-hmm. and then you can pick a fruit or a vegetable. Uh-huh. And you can say how many apples you would have to eat uh-huh. to cause yourself any issue if it was the highest level of pesticide ever recorded. Oh, and they're just outrageous numbers. Right. You know, you'd have to eat, you know, 800 apples or something every day. Right. I mean, more problems would be occurring there than, right. than, than yeah. your, your pesticide levels right. at that <laughs> point. Um, yeah. And even the kids, you know, people worry about these are little people, and I worry about them too. Yeah. You know, if they right. ate too many conventionally grown strawberries, did it cause cancer? Yeah. And that's just not the case at all. So I encourage you, if you haven't been to safefruitsandveggies.com, it's a fun little place to play around on, mm-hmm. and you'll feel better about your life when right. you get to, you'll say, oh, well, I would never do that. I would right. never eat that many apples or strawberries. Right. No, right. no human would. Right. Um, yeah. To cause yourself a problem. I think there's an impression, and maybe it's just because I mean, we, grew, we're, we work here in Ohio and we pass farm fields every day, mm-hmm. and you sp- see that image of the, the sprayer. Yeah. And you think that every oh. do- drop that's coming out of that sprayer is pesticides. Right. And that's just not the case at all. There is no financial incentive for farmers to use more than they need. Right. I've never so, thought, I've always thought that was water, but I guess. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people kind of that, that image of the yeah. drenching of the products, they right. want you drenching it in pesticides. Right. And that's just not the case at all. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes the amount that they use, you know, can be as much of like a soda can's worth of pesticides in an entire field. Right. And they dilute it with water. Yeah. <laughs> of course. They're expensive. They're and these expensive. farmers need to make money, and they need to do it. And so these farmers are just so smart about how they do, and they are not going to use more than what they right because this is not stuff is not free. No, it's not. You know? So <laughs> right, so there's no financial incentive for them to use more than they need. Right. The pesticide data program report comes out every year, hmm. and this is data from 2018, I believe that I have found that 99% of pesticide residues were at such low levels that they could not be measured. Wow. Okay. And so you say, well, what about that 1%? What about the 1%? Is it really uh, high? Yeah. In fact, actually, that 1%, most of those levels were only marginally higher. Okay. And it's important to know that the EPA tests for older banned pesticides that still exist in the soil. Oh. So it might be a pesticide that's sort of lingering in the soil for many years ago. But again, 99% yeah. of our fruits and vegetables, whether organic or conventionally grown, the levels were so low they right. could not be measured. Right. Everybody needs to take a ch- take a chill pill here because right? it, again, you're not <laughs> need, looking right. You need to, right. Yeah. <laughs> and so that brings us to my favorite thing that comes out every year, uh-huh. like a bad penny. <laughs> there is a list from a, a, an organization called the Environmental Working Group, which sounds like a very official government right. organization. Sure, it is not. It's not. It's a private group um, that puts out a list every year called the Dirty Dozen. Yeah. This um, list breaks my heart every year. Oh, I know. It just breaks my heart. 
Um, they yep. put up a list of the dirty dozen fruits and vegetables, and then they clean 15 that right. lists the most most contaminated and least contaminated produce. Right. One thing I want people to remember is it's a list. And so anytime you put together a list, there's a most and, and there's a least. least. Sure. But right. it doesn't mean that anything Any on that. that list is unsafe. <laughs> exactly. It's the nature exactly. of a list. Exactly. That's all it is. The Environmental Working Group states that consumers can lower their pesticide consumption by nearly four-fifths by avoiding conventionally grown varieties of these 12 most contaminated fruits and vegetables. Inevitably on this list every year fall strawberries. And which apples, is a, apples, which are my favorite. Right. Mm-hmm. Fall on this list. Yeah. They did not provide any methodology of necessarily yeah. they came to this four-fifths reduction. Right. And what kind of makes me angry is, is when I had checked the website about a year ago, it even says, but all fruits and vegetables are safe and we should eat more. Well, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth now. Right. Don't eat these fruits and vegetables unless they're organic. But also, all all fruits and vegetables are safe. Right. So they've done studies about the Dirty Dozen. And this is where it breaks my heart. You know, a 2015 study found that participants who were wanting to eat more apples, but then they heard apples had pesticides on them, so they Uh were avoiding them. It unfairly targets people who can't afford organic. Right. You know, if you you're, you said this to me earlier, if you want to buy organic, have at it. Right. That's fine. Yep. But there are people that then end up saying, well, if I can't buy organic apples for my family, right, the conventional ones are very unsafe, so I just won't buy apples at all. Right. Right. Well, that's I understand. I don't understand how they can even say that. Really, right. that it's the the conventionally grown. Varieties have more. I mean, right, I, right. So everything is so ridiculously low, right, that it can't be measured. It is not accurate to say that organic is the only safe choice, right? Because there's no evidence to support that. Right. Um, and I'm with you. It breaks my heart, and I just, I just want people to know that they just need to eat fruits and vegetables because right. we know the benefits of eating those fruits and vegetables. Right. Organic food is not more nutritious. Right. You know, there have been multiple studies that show that there are extremely minor differences in Mm -hmm. vitamin and mineral content between organic and conventional. to the point where if you have them in a normal, varied diet, there is no difference. Yeah. So I guess the question would be, if you want to spend, you know, if you get, you know, $6 organic strawberries, Mm -hmm. could you spend maybe $2.50 on conventionally grown strawberries, buy some oranges, Buy some apples. Right. And get more for your money. You absolutely can. By not paying $6 for strawberries. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I'm troubled by the fact that it sort of targets what I like to call the worried well in our society. People who are not sick, but are worried that they could become sick. Right. And so they're doing everything because they have a little bit of money to do that to avoid those things. And it's not... It's not necessary. Right. It's not. And I also feel like because of the the media and the social media that gets behind this sometimes, right. there's shame. Right. There's you know? no shame in conventional products versus organic. Right. Some of the, the articles I've read in response to the Dirty Dozen, you know, talk about how this sort of unfairly tar- targets low-income consumers. Yeah. And moms in particular. Right. You know, everybody, you know, we all have our mommy guilt. 
Yeah. Right. You know, Absolutely. I, I didn't I didn't make my son organic pureed fruits and vegetables when he was a baby. <laughs> I bought stuff out of jars. I did too. You know? <laughs> yep. Just a terrible parent for yeah. doing that. You know, there's a lot of pressure on moms. Mm-hmm. And I like to say to be as good as the moms they see on Instagram. Yeah. And that I think that's really troubling. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure on moms now. Yes, there is. To be, to make the organic, to make your own baby food, to do this, to do that, to cloth diaper, to do all the, I mean, this is another kind of soapbox I can get on, but there's so much pressure. Yeah. And organic foods are one of those pressures. Right. And what drives us dietitians crazy is it doesn't, it shouldn't be. It It absolutely should not be. Right. A pressure. Right. It should not be shameful right. and it Are you should not it? be right. a right. choice of whether you feed your ki- your family right. uh, and avoid fruits and vegetables to right. buy other foods that, you know what I mean, because right. you feel safer about it. Right. And when you don't have the money, and right. so you avoid that. Feed your child. It really yeah. doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't make a hill no. of beans, whether it's conventional or organic. Feed your child. Feed your child a healthy diet. Right. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we hear, or second, second to the, because we'll kind of talk about the, the effects on the environment. One of the myths I hear it that is that organic food will prevent cancer. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there just isn't any data support to support that no. either. They did a study in 2014, about 620,000 women who ate organic or conventional foods over about a decade and found that the rates of diagnosis of about 16 common cancers uh, were measured and there were no differences in those overall cancer rates. Right. There was a one other study recently that was published in 2019 that saw a reduction in cancer rate, but they couldn't prove cause and effect. And the, the study authors conceded this, uh-huh. that people who ate organic may have also made other lifestyle choices. Right. They exercised. They may not have smoked. Right. They may not have drank, drank alcohol to excess. Mm-hmm. You know, eat better overall. Right. Have a little bit of money <laughs> because right. we know that's a social determinant of health. You know, having yep. a more stable financial situation uh-huh. um, can make you a healthier person, unfortunately. Exactly. And so, yeah, that overall healthier lifestyle may have re- led to the reduction in cancer rates. It may have had nothing, nothing to, to do, do with, with, with the organic food. Yeah, right. it was just part of their healthy lifestyle. Yes. I see that bias a lot, I feel like, unfortunately, in a lot of studies. And then I have a lot of... There's a lot of organizations where if you have money and you stay around these people and spend time around them, you get to these like people and like-minded people who are convinced that it has makes a difference. And right. Especially once you have that diagnosis of cancer, you think, oh my gosh, what should I have done? You know right. what I mean? What did and I, you hear what, some of those right. things and right. then that just causes the guilt even more and then right. you think even more, oh my gosh, I should have been eating organic. And then it's everything organic and we and we hear about the you know unfortunately the situations where people have been exposed to roundup and have developed cancer Mm -hmm. but the amounts that they were using were not what the amounts that we're eating right these are people who are working around this unfortunately without maybe always wearing the personal protective equipment that they need to wear right for many years who is applying it or something right like but that, yeah the, you, you know yeah if you're around right or, right you're around this in terms of farming you know and it, even the example you brought up earlier it was because it was at a high, high level concentration. of concentration right. it, it wasn't at the 
concentration that we're seeing on our food supply. Right. Again, it's not what we're talking about. The amount of apples you would have to eat. Right. You know, again, to go to that. go to say fruits and veggies. It's a trip. Yeah. Um, because again, the amount you would have to eat. Yeah. Every day would be astronomical. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're not talking two apples a day. We're talking hundreds of apples a day. Right. That to to ever get close mm-hmm. to an unsafe amount. Yeah. And then finally, organic food is be- farming is better for the planet. And I would right. say that's not necessarily the case. Again, I'm not an expert in farming, but yeah. I would think more applications of pesticides and more times you have to disturb the soil, less effective fertilization, perhaps more fuel, more greenhouse grass production, lower land use and yields right. um, can be the case. And the other thing I think that people don't understand is that spray from other fields happens you know mm-hmm. they have found you know synthetic pesticides that were not approved for organic use mm-hmm. on organic produce mm-hmm. because of drift yeah you know if even you though have, there are rules around that right that you have to have your farm far right. enough away from another conventionally right. grown farm to consider yourself organic right just it still happens and, yeah it still happens it still potentially can happen right and so then I think the thing is, we have to understand that I think all farmers that are out there, whether they're organic farmers or conventional farmers, are trying to do the best they can for right. the planet. Right. But what we're trying to say is that there's not necessarily anything better about organic and the planet and conventionally grown. Right. You know, again, if you... farmers' practices. Right. If you, from a belief perspective, want to support organic farming, I think have at it. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they think that's... A very much a personal choice. Yeah. But to shame others who don't eat organic, right. to me, is not good. Or to put this misinformation out to make right. your product seem better right. is what drives us dietitians crazy. Right. Because the bottom line is <laughs> all fruits and vegetables are healthy. Right. Except maybe if they're slathered in butter and cheese sauce. But... <laughs> But even then, even then you're, there's, eating, there's you're, still eating, you're eating the vitamin the C's there. Right, you're eating the broccoli, even <laughs> if it's got fiber. cheese. Right, exactly. You know, it's, it's delicious cheese sauce. But and it's another secret. Right. I, honestly, <laughs> if if you could, the only the, here's a secret. I if the only way you can choke down broccoli is with some cheese on it, go for it. Right. Go for it. If that's the way you get it down, that's, that's awesome. Yep. You know, I think that's the way to do I'm it. I'm the same way. If it, a little ranch dip helps the veggie tray, right. you know, be a little more palatable to you, mm-hmm. then go for it. Especially with kids. Right. You know, kids don't want bland. Right. They don't want boring. They don't want steamed vegetables. No. They yeah. want something with a little taste. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so all fruits and vegetables, no matter the form, mm-hmm. are good for you. Even in those cans, they're good for you. Exactly. Exactly. So that's my secret for the day. Yes. We've given you lots of secrets today. So, Well, thank you again to our listener who suggested this topic. Thanks, Amy. And we hope for more suggestions from you. You can visit us at our website, www.secretliferd.com. You can also join us on Twitter at TDietitians. And you can join us on Instagram at The Secret Life Dietitians. Again, we welcome your show ideas and uh, encourage you to share those with us either on our social media or again on our website. We will see you next time wherever you get your podcasts.